Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. Happy day after July 4th weekend. I pray you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend with neighbors and family and friends. We have uh, wonderful families around here. And um, there's a a beautiful woman, I'm going to tell you, so the whole world knows her name. It's Damaris. Damaris had 10 children. Uh, and uh, each of those have many children. I met one of her daughters yesterday, Lindsay, who has 11, and the whole family and friends and all the children and all the grandchildren were over at the house. They're right across the street from us and shooting off beautiful fireworks. It's just glorious. I took a little video of that because it's just so beautiful to see families like that. I tell you, this little town of Beloit raises beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful citizens, um, beautiful Catholics, and non-Catholics. It's a beautiful town. So if you're looking someplace to move, give us an email, and I'll send you to Damaris's do- uh, son, Andrew, who will get you settled. Um, lots of houses for sale, and just a beautiful place to live, and right there, smack in the center of the United States, probably the safest place also. Um, Crisis Magazine for July 4th had a really wonderful article written by Thomas Griffin, um, and the title is, We Need the Freedom That Built America Indeed. We need the freedom, We need more than the freedom, we need the spirit and the hearts and the determination and the morals that built America, I would say. And he wrote that Independence Day evokes a positive spirit among Americans. We view ourselves as the land of the free and the home of the brave. I love those words, but as I read them, looking at what's going on, never mind the world, just in our country today, a hundred people were shot over the weekend, and I think 14 of them died, and just uh, lootings and everything all over the place. So the land of the free and the home of the brave. Our only freedom, uh, beloved, is the freedom to do good. Jesus says you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free, free from death and sin and hell and Satan to follow God. We, God has given us no other. He gave us free will to follow him or to turn from him. But he's never given us freedom to do what is wrong and to commit sin or crimes. <clears throat> And Thomas Griffin goes on to say, so much of our nation's foundation springs from goodness and courage and virtue. The freedom once fought for by the courageous men of the revolution, however, is radically different from the doctrine of unhindered liberty that is preached in 21st century America. In order to preserve our union, we must be rooted in the true notion of liberty, or we will be returned to our pre-revolution days of tyranny. 
Thomas Aquinas explained that freedom is the ability to choose the good. It is the ability to choose the good. If you choose evil, beloved, you're a slave of evil. You're a slave of the evil one. C.S. Lewis wrote that courage is the form of every virtue at its testing point. I, I like that. Courage is the form of every virtue at its testing point. The temptation to prescribe unhindered liberty, being able to do that is whatever you want, whenever you want, as long as it makes you happy and you don't hurt anyone in the process, that's a fallacy because it creates cowards out of human beings. Big government, along with the rampant addictions to screen time, social media, and streaming platforms, has crafted a nation that is too often indifferent and frequently ignorant of how freedoms are stripped away from its citizens. The masses ascribe their allegiance to a mission statement alike to the following words, quote, All we desire is the comfort and security of having the capacity to do what we want and the ability to be safe during the process. What would you say? You're raising little children, a three-year-old. Mommy, I just I want to do what I want. Leave me alone. I'll be fine. Leave me alone. I'll be fine. I want to do what I want. Number one, everything in your house would be broken. Um, the three-year-old would, would feast on sugar, run out into the road and be in danger of being hit by a car. Uh, we let children do whatever they want. Um, we are abandoning our vocation and are responsible for their injury and death. And the same with us before God. He has given us the freedom to do what is right, to do what is good. He's placed the moral law in our hearts so that nobody's, no one is without excuse for not doing good. If we are living a life of ease, Thomas Griffin says, if we are living a life of ease and we feel safe while we are doing it, then all must be well. No, 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 no. What a low bar to set for creatures created in God's image and likeness. St. Augustine explained the temptation to settle for worldly pursuits in his masterpiece titled The City of God. He quoted, or he wrote, quote, Two cities have been formed by two loves, the earthly by the love of self even to the contempt of God, the heavenly by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. The former, that is, uh, love of self, in a word, glorifies in itself, glories rather, in itself, and the latter in the Lord. For the one seeks glory from men, but the greatest glory of the other is God, end quote. Unhindered liberty is only concerned with the love of self. It seems the predicament our our whole country has gotten into today. Unhindered liberty is only concerned with the love of self that Augustine warns against. The American project stood in opposition to this because it was wrapped up in sacrifice for others and devotion to a cause greater than oneself. No continental soldier 
ever went into battle with the slogan, me first. And no patriot desired to fight tyranny because it was easy or comfortable. God's glory sets captives free and proclaims to a passing world that unlimited choice does not bring fulfillment or happiness or love to fruition. Choice without borders also leads to a nation that cringes at truth. Instead of living in the reality of things as they are, we are often swallowed up by the tendency to choose a side and berate the opposition as unredeemable. The fight against the reign of relativism and the false sense of freedom can only be won with eternity in mind. We are on a pilgrimage toward eternal life, and all of scriptures attest to that. We are pilgrims on this earth. And our, our motherland is heaven. We're not home yet, beloved. We're not home. We pray, Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us, and after this, our exile. Show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. We are in exile from our motherland. We are not home yet, beloved. We are on a pilgrimage toward eternal life. But while we are on earth, we are called to engage in society and sanctify the world. Doing so means we have to be knowledgeable concerning what goes on in politics and government. True wisdom highlights the fact that religion moderates democracy because it appeals to an authority higher than democracy itself. That's a quote from Alexis de Tocqueville. The ship of the United States must always be steered by faith or it will either lose its way or sink entirely. It's not done now, beloved We have a president who claims to be Catholic who um, would be a lot better off if he denied the church that claimed to be Catholic and, and be living in grave, 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 grave sin. The ship of the United States must always be steered by faith or it will either lose its way or sink entirely. This is the case for any government, but it is specifically true for a democratic republic. Even Thomas Jefferson exclaimed that no nation has ever yet existed or been governed without religion, nor can it be. The Christian religion is the best religion that has ever been given to man. And I, as chief magistrate of this nation, am bound to give it the sanction of my example. That was Thomas Jefferson. And there's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be back right after this break. And after the second break, we'll be here to take your calls, your texts, your emails with anything at all on your heart. And the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
manifestation of the cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. It just really connected me to my faith. I always considered myself 100% Catholic, but didn't really realize that I wasn't fully practicing my faith, so I learned so much through the Stations on the Cross and began just getting deeper in my prayers and feeling just so much closer to God and so well-versed in learning more about the Bible and more about what actually it means to be Catholic. So it became very, very important to me, and I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I make it a regular practice of donating every time they have their, their fundraising and just love it and wouldn't want it to ever go away. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. It's so good to be with you. And we're in the middle of an article by Thomas Griffin that appeared July 2nd for the weekend in Crisis Magazine. And um, I'm going to back up. The title is, We Need the Freedom That Built America. Indeed, we do. We need the hearts that built America. Um, And I'll back up a paragraph here. Um, Thomas Griffith writes, We're on a pilgrimage toward eternal life, but while we are on earth, we are called to engage in society and sanctify the world. Doing so means we have to be knowledgeable concerning what goes on in politics and government. True wisdom highlights the fact that religion moderates democracy because it appeals to an authority higher than democracy itself. That's a quote from Alexis de Tocqueville. The ship of the United States must always be steered by faith. It was built on faith, beloved. The ship of the United States must always be steered by faith or it will either lose its way or sink entirely. And I think we're right in the middle of its losing its way. This is the case for any government, but it is especially true for a democratic republic. Thomas Jefferson exclaimed, No nation has ever yet existed or been governed without religion, nor can it be. 
the Christian religion is the best religion that has ever been given to man. And I, Thomas Jefferson says, as chief magistrate of this nation, am bound to give it the sanction of my example. And Thomas Griffith says, while Jefferson meets the bare minimum of giving religion his example, his admittance of its importance is pivotal. There is absolutely no reason to treat your neighbor well or sacrifice for the common good if there is no overarching principle undergirding the the citizenry. Courage and truth can only spring from sources outside of oneself that push a man or woman to surrender to the good of others out of love. John Adams once noted that our Constitution was made, this is his quote, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You see, our government is becoming so corrupt that they are destroying the Constitution. I'll repeat John Adams' quote here. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. We are no longer as a nation a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate, John Adams says, to the government of any other. And as you know, our Constitution is being destroyed. Nobody wants to follow it because morals have uh, gone down the drain. Morality is critical for the success of our union. When stated as such, Thomas Griffin continues, when stated as such, this appears to be self-evident. However, there are forces and philosophies within the country that are stripping any sense of moral truth from existing. The United States has shifted through the centuries from a place where religious freedom and service to God and country were paramount to a nation that often promotes positions that are only advantageous to elitist groups and post-Christian ideologues. Our founding fathers are calling us away from this morphed and dangerous view of our beautiful country that is the effect of rejecting God and making humanity an idol. I was looking at all the children, dear ones, over the weekend, thinking, did anyone teach them about how we became a country, about 1776, about the battles that were fought, fought about our, our, our forefathers um, in building this country? Do they have any idea? Is there any um, pride left? Is there any gratitude left? Are we choosing between the American flag and the, and the pride flag? How, how despicable could that be? Thomas Griffin goes on to say, the loss of God results in the worship of self. And the liturgy of unhindered liberty is reaping dangerous effects. We must be cautious to not offer incense at any altar besides that of the living God. For this reason... James Madison warned that worshiping God, quote, is precedent both in order of time and degree of obligation to the claims of civil society. Before any man can be considered as a member of civil society, he must be considered as a subject of the governor, capital G, of the universe. That's James Madison. Before any man 
can be considered as a member of civil society. He must be considered as a subject of the governor of the universe. That's why our society is becoming uncivil, because most of its people do not come under the governor of the universe. They rebel. In order to restore the values that built America, our nation must run toward God and away from selfishness. Sacrificial love is the model given to us by Christ, and it has encompassed the fabric of what built our country. Let us be truly free to be courageous and live in the truth of who we were made to be. Then independence will reign supreme. Thomas Griffin teaches apologetics in the religion department at a Catholic high school on Long Island. Um, How do we get there? The last paragraph. In order to restore the values that built America, our nation must run toward God and away from selfishness. Sacrificial love is the model given to us by Christ, and it has encompassed the fabric of what built our country. Let us be truly free to be courageous and to live in the truth of who we were made to be. Then independence will reign supreme. Beloved, I would love you to call in if you have any thoughts of how we can get back there. Any thoughts of how we can um, get back to restore the values that built America. How we can run toward God and away from selfishness. How we can live sacrificial love. How how we can follow that model given to us by Christ, his very life. How can we be truly free to be courageous? How can we live in the truth of who we were made to be? How can we even know who we were made to be? If you have any ideas in your hearts, I would love to hear them. I would love you to call in and say, I think this would do it. It would be wonderful because someone could come up with that and we could follow. I remember some years ago watching the movie Pay It Forward. I thought that was just brilliant. Brilliant. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest watching it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful that any good done to you, you do to another. Um, in, in, in like manner or in different manner, it doesn't matter. If someone rescues you, you rescue another. Somebody saves you from a situation, you save somebody else from a situation. Someone gives you their coat, you give yours away to someone else. It's so beautiful. Pay it forward. Um, I was so impressed with that movie, and I know that people after that movie uh, began to do that. But wouldn't it be something if we did that across the nation? I think that's a movement that could really happen with kindness and with love, one life at a time, and the country would be totally turned around. It wasn't a movie about God but it was a movie about the goodness that God puts in our hearts. There's no goodness apart from God. 
um, very beautiful, very beautiful. So maybe someone has an idea of what we can start. Uh, how do we bring, how do we bring, we can't bring the world to sanity. We cannot bring the world to Christ. We cannot. But we can bring Christ to the world because he lives in us. And if all that we do and that all that we say and all that we don't do and what we refrain from saying is of God, we will win the world. We will be different. Again, we won't go to a restaurant or malls or any shopping or anything on Sundays. And the stores will lose money and they'll begin to close again, which is what we want. And the restaurants will lose money. And people say, but it's the only time I get to go out with my family. But it's selfish. You get to go out with your family at others' expense. Those waitresses, those waiters, those chefs, they should be home on a Sunday with their family or worshiping God. And you might say, well, I doubt they'd do that if they were off work. It's not your responsibility. But we should not be making people serve us um, uh, on the day that we want to honor God. Absolutely not. We'll go home and cook a meal for the family or go out to uh, the field and have a picnic, whatever it is. We should not be anywhere on Sunday, not make anybody serve us. We should dress modestly. I'm so embarrassed, beloved. I'm so embarrassed by Catholics who walk around half naked and in tight leotards that used to be my underwear. I am so embarrassed by it. And I'm so angry at mothers who not only don't instruct their daughters, but dress the same. It's so awful. It's so awful. I am in the culture. You'd think I'd get used to it. I do not. It's complete immodesty, complete disregard for the dignity of the human person and of any sense of honoring God. There's so much we can do, dear ones, um, to bring, again, not the world to Christ, but bring Christ to the world. And the world will know the difference by our speech, by our posture, by our dress, by what we do and what we don't do, they will begin to know Christ. They'll say, what's, what's with you? Why do you do this? Or why don't you do this? And you'll be able to tell them of the God who loved you and died for you. And by the way, died for them as well. All we need to do to be persecuted in this world is, as I've said before, to live as if it's true. And you'll either be persecuted on one point or you'll be um, a witness to the conversion of souls. You'll save souls for heaven. And if you get persecuted, blessed be God when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. Blessed be God. Oh, beloved, we need to do this. Nobody else can. God has given us the treasure on earth of being in his church, of believing, of having the sacraments, the commandments, the truths of the church. We have it all. We cannot keep to ourselves. We cannot be afraid to go out and tell every single soul. We must not be afraid. Their eternities are at stake. There's the music for our second break, dear ones. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross and we'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father, and that its purpose is to sanctify each day and the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened. We are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. This is our half hour together. Um, for you to call or email or text with anything at all on your heart. And once more, the number is toll-free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother Miriam, hoping you can provide some clarity. Is it okay to have a table of pictures of deceased relatives at my wedding at my wedding reception hall, or would it be like a shrine? Thank you. It wouldn't be a shrine. I think it's perfectly all right. You can put them together in a collage or on a board and just maybe put something, a little note on top to say we are, um, we remember all those who have gone, we remember in prayer all those who have gone before us and who are praying for us, something like that. You could do that and it would be wonderful. This way, at least you're identifying that they've gone before you and they're, they're no longer living. I'm 100% fine. Um, Taylor um, writes, Mother Miriam, I was curious as to how many sisters are living with you at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Currently, I find religious life very fascinating. Taylor, um, we're just now beginning to take women in. Well, actually, we're having retreats. 
the um, when we were in Tulsa, we were forbidden to move ahead and take women. And so we've come to um, Beloit now, and over 100 women have written to come in. And I've mentioned before that we're having retreats. We can only have three at a time. We're in temporary quarters. We've um, found a... Um, a 6,000 square foot house which we were able to buy and we're in the process of reconstructing it to take um, 13 women and we have uh, openings now for um, a group between let's see now ages 18 and 38 and then we have another group 39 to 50 and the third group is 50 and over let's see did I do that right no 18 18 to 28, 29 to 40, sorry about that, 18 to 28, 29 to 40, and then 40 and over, um, because we want a, a, um, a variety, we want a mixture of all the generations and ages, so at the moment we are from 18 to 77, at the moment, from 18 to 77, and um uh, we're doing very well, but we, we even though women are coming to discern, um, and we're inviting some for sure, um, we can't take them in yet. We won't do that until we move into our new house, which we're hoping will be the end of um, next month or the beginning of September at the latest. So um, it's wonderful, and um, we can only have 13 um, at the moment, so... Uh, we'll form a good foundation here in Beloit and then maybe build a little monastery. We'll see how God leads. We have an email from June who writes, Mother, thank you for your program and your heavenly wisdom. You are really making a difference, and I'm so grateful to have found you. Thank you, Mother Miriam. Well, thank you, June. That's an encouragement to me. Thank you. She says, I need your help in forgiving family members that have taken the vaccine. My son's school, which is Jesuit, an all-boy school, has even strongly recommended and held clinics, which in turn has led to one of my sons being vaccinated. My heart is broken, and I'm trying not to live in fear for what may happen in the future to his well-being. A priest told my husband, excuse me, Um, I've got to find, hold on now. Our priest told my husband to get it as well, so he took that advice. Oh, dear. In prayer this morning, I came to terms with the fact that I need to forgive. These people truly believe they are doing the right thing when all my evidence has found that this is not the case. But I am not being believed. I am creating more of a division mentally and feel alone. I know I need to forgive, and I'm having a hard time. Any advice for peace in my heart? I've been sinned against you. Um, if your husband has taken it and your priest advised that he do uh, it, I think it's advised. I think it's wrong. It's, um, um, 
if, if the degree of sin is is not known, um, it, again, it, there are some vaccines that are no longer using um, fetal baby parts. I don't know what vaccine they've taken. Um, I think it's wrong uh, to take the vaccine. If there's baby parts involved in the manufacture or the testing of it, it's completely immoral and sinful. Um, but other than that, um, all you need to do is um, give people the facts about the vaccines. A good site is America Frontier Doctors, American or America's Frontier Doctors. Tremendous amount of information on the vaccine, and they these are doctors saying it's not a vaccine; it's a pathogen. It'll change your your DNA, it, all of that, and awful things are happening from it. Four thousand people have died. People are being paralyzed. Their hearts are swelling. They're just all kinds of trouble. So. Um, it's not a matter of your forgiveness of them because, again, it's not you that they've sinned against. Um, uh, you can ask God to help them, but um, if it's a matter of forgiveness, if it's, not a, it's not a choice. We need to forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us. That's not even a choice. But... Acts... And if they've already taken one shot, maybe by giving them the facts, you can uh, prevent them from taking a second and third shot. Um, There was a a, a little video that I saw um, of, of, I think, a 14-year-old who took the first shot and she was fine, but the second shot has put her in a wheelchair for life. It's awful. Excuse me a moment. That's the Beloit farming community's wheat harvest that's making me sneeze and all that. So June, um, um, it, just tell yourself it's got nothing to do with you. It's not a matter of forgiveness for you. Um, it's, it's an individual choice, and most people are taking the vaccine because they're not well informed. And so give them the information, even though they've already taken it. Don't let it cause division in your family. Just, you know, tell them your reasons for not taking it. Print out the information online and give it to them. But you can control that, and it's not going to help for you to be angry or frustrated. And again, uh, you need not forgive them for anything. Um, You need to love them and help them as much as you can. Um, We have a text from Colin who says, is it possible for a layman to found a monastery? If so, how might they go about that? Well, I'm not sure. You could certainly build, if you have the finances, build a monastery for a religious order. You could do that. But if you're looking to found a monastery yourself, it means you need to become a religious and and the advice would be that I would have is join a monastery as a postulant and as a novice and take vows and learn what religious life is. And then if God is calling you, you can uh, go out from them and form a separate monastery. But to do it as a layman without knowing what religious life is about and without living is, um, I think it would it would 
it would be very difficult, if not impossible. Uh, We have an email from Adrian, and she says, Hi, Mother. A while back, I was listening to the radio station and heard you talking about moms and their families, especially how, if you are a mother and you feel that you need to get away from your family, such as seeing friends, then you are doing it wrong. This is extremely discouraging to hear coming from a mom who works... Coming from a mom who works full-time at a Catholic institution and who is constantly being encouraged to be a part of mom-only... Okay, I'm guessing the mom is you, Adrian. I'm going to reread this sentence. This is extremely discouraging to hear. Um, Coming from a mom who works full-time at a Catholic institution and who is constantly being encouraged to be a part of mom-only types groups. In fact, my parish has specific Advent and Lent uh, and activities just from mothers, just like they do for fathers. Can you please explain more how, if you want to spend time with another friend or take some time away from your family, this makes you a bad mom? What happens when a friend has a miscarriage and wants to talk? Am I a bad mom for wanting to console a friend and have my husband watch my child? Thank you, Mother. Adrian, our model is the Blessed Mother. And if you are a full-time, you work full-time at a Catholic institution and you have children, I would think you would devote all your every minute outside of that Catholic institution to your family. To be a mom is, in my heart, the greatest vocation of all. You are raising children for the kingdom. And think about the Blessed Mother. She would not think of a night out with moms. Can you picture Mary asking Joseph to watch Jesus so she could spend a night with her friends? No way in the world. What about me? I'm the mother of a religious community, 24-7. Do I get away to to get a a break from all my my religious, my daughters here, uh, to be with my friends? Not only do I not do that, I have no desire to do that. I am here to love them, to form them, to reach out to the world together with them. I don't want anything else from that. And the point is, if I do get together with a friend, it's not because I must get away. No way. If I must get away, Adrian, something's wrong. Then my vocation is a task. If, if you must get away as a mother, then your vocation is a task. You're, you're doing what you have to do not what you live to do with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but what you have to do. Um, and it's, it's something is wrong with your motherhood, or I'm, not just you, uh, or not you necessarily, but with any mother that feels she needs to get away from her family, away from her children, something is wrong. She is doing a job to put diapers and wipe noses and make meals, and she wants to get away from it. But if she understands that she's forming children for the kingdom, 
in everything she does, in all that she says, in her punishments, in her admonitions, in her exhortations. She's building children for the kingdom. It's a 24-7 job, reading the books, teaching them the Catholic faith, inviting others over to the house, friends, teaching them as well. Um, If your friend has a miscarriage and, and wants to talk, hopefully she can come to you. But if it's an emergency and you need to come to her, there's nothing wrong with that. That has nothing to do with a mother's night out or going to be with friends. That's a need that you that you need to meet. That's not a problem. There's the music for our break, dear ones. We'll be right back after the break. And um, uh, we have Denise from Toronto on the line. Anyone else is welcome to call in toll-free, 1-877-511-511. Five four eight three, and we'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. And other than Denise holding on the line, our lines are wide open. And you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Hi, Denise. Oh, hello, Mother Miriam. Oh, sorry. To Mother Miriam Live. 
Sorry, Mother. That's okay, sweetheart. <laughs> I was trying to turn it off. Okay. But, um, yeah, how are you, Mother, today? I'm, I'm doing fine, absolutely fine. And yourself, Denise? I'm doing okay, I think, under Good. the circumstances. What circumstances? Um, oh, Mother, um, I mean, in Toronto and Canada, we have that, um, you know, the residential situation that's leading, you know, the, but there's a lot of churches being burned. Oh yes, Catholic that's right. And Christian and um, yeah, it's 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 a painful situation because um, there's a you know there's some questions about what the truth is about what happened and the media is not being completely truthful and and mm-hmm. um, there's nobody speaking out about about stopping people from burning our churches. No, no, no. Yeah. So in Toronto also, I was I thought I think didn't I read six churches were burned in Calvary. Yeah, there Calgary, are, I think they're out Calgary. west, and so yeah. far we haven't had any, but we, we almost, you know, I mean, we're brothers and we and sisters, and we, we feel for them. And mm-hmm. I know for myself, mm-hmm. I was very disturbed by this. I mean, on top of everything else, we have this to deal with, you know, it's our lock, we're still in lock, you know, some kind some kind of a lockdown, not as, it's not as restrictive. But, um, yeah, I guess for myself, like, I was just, you know, I was finding it hard to sleep last night, but this morning when I was praying at Mass, I was I, I kind of realized, I said, you know, aside from trying to bring the truth in a peaceful way and um, non-confrontational, um, you know, I, t- I said to myself, I need to pray for God to forgive the people who were doing all the, the damage and spreading mm-hmm. lies and burying our churches because they, yeah. they know not yeah. what they're doing. And that I need to pray for all those people who've lost their churches because that's devastating. I mean, that's right, Denise. You know, I know how Absolutely. I feel if my church burned down, and I'd be yeah. very, very brokenhearted. And Absolutely, so sweetheart. God will console them. And the third thing is, I thought, well, Jesus, um, we're disciples of Jesus. We need to, we need to be steadfast and joyful and prayerful and continue with our faith despite all, you know, the storms in this life. It's difficult, but... It is difficult, Denise. Yeah, joy, someone once gave me the definition of joy, or their definition, which is the the knowledge that God is in deep control uh, of all... He's in control of all things. That is joy. It was it was a picture, and I've said... I've given this out, um, this little illustration before, but it's a picture. um, There was a contest... Uh, for children to paint a peaceful scene and the most peaceful scene would win the contest so they pasted painted gorgeous mountains and beautiful streams and uh, all kinds of nature scenes beauty 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 the the one that won the contest was a picture of a beach and a raging storm dark clouds uh, raging winds, waves smashing on the shore, all of that. It was a horrible scene. And there was a huge rock, and in the rock was a little cleft. And all the way in that cleft, one could hear, tweet, tweet, tweet. The little, little robin, little bird flew all the way in that and was as happy as could be in the cleft of the rock. <laughs> so that was a picture of peace in the midst of storm. Oh, 
Street. It's a good one, huh? Yes. So we yeah, are in the cleft yeah. of the rock in our Jesus. But I think you had a question, too. Yes? I did. I did. Yeah, this is un- un- unrelated to what I just said. But, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I have friends of mine who, they might be, um, you know, I don't know what to say, but like they're not practicing their faith or they're not Catholic or, you know, I, I if somebody dies in their family, um, I always want, in my heart, I want to have a mass set for that person. Good. You know, like actually, you know, set it, is it? Like, you know, if, if they're not practicing the faith, is it okay to still say, you know, I'm, I'm having a mass set for your mother or well you could say it i don't know if they'll be offended or not that's up to you whether you tell them but to have a mass set for them a hundred percent a hundred percent someone dies they may not have been a practicing catholic they may have been in mortal sin they may not have been catholic but we have no idea what god has done um uh, prior to their death i think someone once asked i I don't know if it was Father John Harden, perhaps, um, whose cause is being put together for his canonization. Um, They said, you know, they were talking about someone who jumped off a bridge and he had committed terrible crimes and finally took his own life by jumping off a bridge. And they said, Father... He's he's got to be in hell, right? And Father said, not right. There was uh, so many feet between the top of that bridge and the water, and nobody knows what God did in his heart on the way down. We could never know that. So yes, absolutely offer masses. Whether or not you tell the family is up to you. There are people I've offered masses for, and I didn't tell them because... It, it's not something they would understand or appreciate, but the Mass is still the Mass. Okay. Okay, that answers my question. Thanks Good. so much. You're welcome, sweetheart. You take care and um, live your faith with every ounce and cell in you. I will. Thank you. Okay, honey. Bye-bye. We have an, an email from Faith who writes, Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm always putting others before myself even when I feel taking adva- taken advantage of. It can be both a blessing and a curse at times. Do you have any advice as to how one can take time to focus on their own well-being? Well, you're admitting a fault to always put others before yourself even when you feel taken advantage of. If you feel taken advantage of, you're not putting them before yourself. You're, put, you're, you're meeting whatever their needs are uh, in spite of yourself. In other words, um, if we truly put someone before ourselves, we don't feel taken advantage of. If we know we're being taken advantage of, we shouldn't let that happen because we do no service to the other person if we let them take advantage of us. So that's a matter of wisdom. If you put others before yourself in charity, this is a good thing. If you uh, are a victim um, and allow yourself to be a victim, that's not charity and it's not good. Uh, So I would want you to try to not do that, dear faith. Um, If it's a blessing, great. If it's a curse, then it's not of God. Um, How any advice I have as to how one can take time to focus on their own well-being, yes, every day. You need to do that. When Mother Teresa started out 
uh, with her community, with her order. She would take her lunch and the children would grab it from her because they were all poor and they hadn't had food. And she went days without eating. And and one day she heard a scream in a little tent and a woman was having a baby and she just completely fainted and wound up weeks in a hospital, totally exhausted. Um, and a nurse came to her and said, if you're going to do any good for other people, you're going to need to take care of yourself. You're going to need to wash your habit every single day because of disease. You're going to need to eat properly. You're going to need to stay healthy. That's not selfish. That's taking care of yourself in order to give your life to others. So do the same, Faith. Um, make sure you have a proper diet. Um Make sure that you are frequenting the sacraments and exercising and doing what is good to keep you healthy emotionally, physically, psychologically in order for you to help others and determine that you are not going to allow people to take advantage of you because that's not kindness uh, at all and it's only going to help them Uh, in their sin. It will not help them in any other way, and it will certainly not help you, dear one. Okay, there's the music for our program today, dear ones. We'll be back with you tomorrow. God bless you.